Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I have a feeling that if we had the appropriate surveillance footage of the period of time that Christopher David Sims was between 17 and 23, my guess would be that at some point, some night during those six years, there would be footage of a butt-ass naked Chris Sims running around somewhere. Well, good thing they didn't have the iPhones then. Good thing they didn't have the iPhones then. Uh, Frank, the tank. Chris, Chris, you need to work on your pecs. Oh, totally. I got to get in the gym. I got to get in the gym. Seriously, you know. Jeez, got to get out there. Frank, the tank. Frank, the tank. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's a classic part of the movie right right. there. It really is amazing. Uh, It's a Thursday edition of PFT Live. Are you off next week? All next week? All next week. Is that true? Yep, that is true. Yep. That's great, man. I can't wait. Are you going streaking somewhere? Going streaking through the quad the whole week. I'm just going to be running around. No, I don't know what I'm I'm, I'm doing a staycation. Every night is Christmas Eve (laughs) next week. (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing a staycation. Just going to hang out, you know. I mean, he can't go anywhere. I, I would love to go somewhere and see some sun, but I don't want to come back and quarantine and do all that stuff too. And it's just, it's too much this year. You going to be okay? What do you need a staycation from? What do we do? We don't do anything. Let's not be too candid with the world so that they realize we don't really work, but we don't work. We, you know, the hardest part of the day is getting out of bed. And then once you're up, it's like, what am I going to do for the next two hours? Oh, I know. I'm going to go talk about football. We don't do anything. That's a bull crap. I do a lot. I don't know what, you know, fine. You go ahead. I need a break. That's that's fine. I'm sick of watching film for eight hours a day and writing 90 There's no more film to watch. I know. So it's great. I'm taking off. Screw you. I don't want to be with you for a week. That's what it is. Okay. I've had enough of you, and I need a break for a week, okay? I'm sick of waking up in the morning and having to be on my A game and talk so I get a week off and I don't have to deal with you, and then I'll be back and refreshed and ready to get after it again. You, you're being really selfish. I know. Because what you're doing is you're subjecting others to having to deal with me for five days next week. Hell I'm well. not sure who all is going to be on in your place. They got to know what it I'm feels sure like. Yeah, all right. Um, well, well, we're starting to know what it feels like in Seattle because it is playing out in a very public way. One of my favorite lines from The Office and one of my favorite episodes was the dinner party and Michael and Jan were engaged in this back and forth of awkwardness. And I think at one point Jim says to the camera, and I'm not going to get this right, but it's along the lines of I think Michael and Jan are playing their own game and it's called Let's See How Uncomfortable We Can Make Our Guests and they're both winning. That's kind of what's going on with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson right now. We are the guests, and they have a little game, apparently, of let's see how uncomfortable we can make our fans and the media because, look, Chris, we, we, can, we can break down the various points that Russell Wilson made on Dan Patrick's show on Tuesday, and I do believe that at some point we'll look back on that moment as one of the major steps in quarterbacks – in the NFL becoming like basketball players in the NBA where they understand they've got a lot more power than they 
ever exercised before. I don't think any of the details matter. I think this is like a situation where, and we've probably all been there at some point or we've been on the other end of it. You know, you're dating someone and you'll want out and all those things that didn't bother you for all that time all of a sudden bother you. Like you knew about it. You were fine with it going in. Right. But now it bothers you because you're just looking for a reason to get out. That's what it comes down to. You just want out. And I think that's where this is. I think, and this this dovetails with what Brandon Marshall said the other day on FS1, that Russell Wilson's looking for a classy way to get out. He just wants out. And the next step in this came yesterday when Dan Patrick said he's hearing that the Seahawks management isn't happy with what Russell Wilson said on Dan's show. So... Is it sustainable? Dan doesn't seem to think it is. Is Russell Wilson trying to push this to the point where the only option for the Seahawks is to trade him? It's starting to feel like that's what Russell Wilson's trying to set up, Chris. Well, I, I agree. Like, Here's the first thing I'm going to ask you, and I don't even know the answer to this. I, I actually just texted you, so maybe you're reading it right now because I wasn't sure. I want to know. Was Russell Wilson on there to sell anything on Tuesday? Was he selling a subject? Like, Was he selling anything? Oakley glasses? I know he does all that stuff. I'm just curious because then I would find it curious that he's on the Dan Patrick show anyways on the Tuesday after the Super Bowl and doing that. To me, if you just connect those type of dots, and Mike, I mean, I think we think alike and we know how the business works. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just find it curious. I find the whole conversation curious. Of course, we talked about Brandon Marshall. He's got to have some inside knowledge. He was there in Seattle. You know, he like you talked about yesterday, he interviewed DK Metcalf last week. So there's got to be something there. And I, I, those comments are they're strong. I mean, they're, they're real strong. I understand the Seattle Seahawks being a little disappointed. I mean, he kind of attacked the franchise in a, in a very kind of somewhat of a classy way, okay, a little bit there, and, and really made it basically say, like, I'm, I'm not happy. I get hit too much. The offense isn't good enough. And I want to be involved in some of the personnel stuff. And Mike, I, as I sat yesterday and, you know, watch some of these clips more and read into it and do all that, talk to a few people. I'm with you, Mike. I think he wants out. I think he wants out. There's no, I, I, I really get that sense. Just the more you kind of wrap your head around it too. And I just wonder too, if the last like nail in the coffin was Shane Waldron being hired from the Rams. He's probably going, what? I don't want to run that offense. What? Run the ball, speed sweep, run the ball, speed sweep, play action, pass, scream, something. He's probably looking at that. He's probably going, no, I don't want to do that. I'm Russell Wilson. I'd love to play in an offense like Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes where I can move around and make plays and have fun and do all that stuff. I, 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 Mike, I think you're onto something. I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. And I didn't think I'd be saying he, that, you know, yesterday morning. He had said all the right things about Shane Waldron. And there was a report that he was lobbying for Shane Waldron. And, and he said good things about Waldron when he was on with Dan Patrick the other day. I, I just think that, that it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator was. I think the damage was already done, and it's been a long time coming. Yeah. And I, I think that at some point during the 2020 season, that's when Russell Wilson crossed that bridge where I've, I've just got to get out. I've, I'm ready to move on. And, you know, he's getting some blowback locally. I do a thing on KJR every Wednesday night, and I ask the hosts, what, what you know, what's the reaction there? And some of the former players have been on radio, like Walter Jones saying, this is wrong, this is a bad look, he shouldn't be – criticizing his teammates and that kind of gets lost in this because we're focused on what's going on with Russ well it was but he is it was a cryptic. It, it is very out of character across the board when he says he's frustrated about how often he gets hits that that that's a shot at the offensive lineman all of them that, that have protected him it was kind of a shot at everybody I mean it it was a shot I don't know there's no other way to say it I mean it was a shot across the bow it wasn't even across the bow it was directly into it it was like I'm not real happy I'm not – I mean, he, he, he kind of said it. You know, he kind of was trying to tiptoe around it, and Dan, you know, had to ask the question three times, right? And then he finally answered it. And, yes, I, I think he just kind of started to let his emotions out. But he, there was really no avenue of the organization he kind of didn't hit where to go, I'm not loving it. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, again, the other thing I'll say, too, is, like, you, you just – 
hit on a point that I was going to bring up anyways. At some point in the 2020 season, right, he realized it. I can't help but to think he carries the team early on in the year. He is the team early on in the year. Then they go through a little losing streak, and I'm just trying to get this exactly at the right spot where, what was it, the Rams game and maybe the Bills game. I think it was those two games. He threw an interception. Oh, he threw two interceptions. And it became, we can't play this way. We got to go back to running the football and doing that crap and being really basic and all that. I mean, that's it literally switched to that instantly. The guy had a, a, a one average game, and they were like, that's it. We can't do this anymore. We got to change. And I'm sure that would be a point if I was a quarterback where I'd be going, wow, really? I mean, I'm the MVP of football. I have two average weeks, and now we're not going to play. That's that's all of the chances I get. I mean, and and I would understand him being frustrated about that too. And you know, it, it's almost like it's a Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson thing. That's it's playing a cl- out. clash of cultures. Yeah, and and who's going to win? And ordinarily, wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say that the the franchise quarterback who's 32 years old who has made it clear he wants to play until he's 45, so he's got 13 more years left. Pete Carroll's pushing 70. Now, Pete Carroll has also said he's, you know, he hasn't put an expiration date on his career either. I remember when Robert Kraft at the league meetings a few years ago told me that, that he wants Bill Belichick to coach into his 80s, and I ran that by Carroll that same day, and Carroll said, why stop there? So he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to walk away. But, you know, ownership in all of this, it's been – Paul Allen's sister that's been running the team since Paul Allen died a couple of years ago. And, you know, with most teams, you know exactly who it is that's going to make this call. Yeah. I don't know who in Seattle is going to make this call, and I don't know nearly enough about the current owner of the team to have any understanding about who she's going to defer to right. and who she's going to side with. And there's a hell of a decision that someone's going to have to make here. You know, I think we know, though. I mean, I do. I mean, it, I mean, it, Pete Carroll and John Schneider are running the organization, right? I mean, I don't – there's nothing that – there's like you said, you know, there, there's nothing that makes us believe that that's not it, right? I, I mean, at least that I know of. Maybe there's well, more – But but my point is yeah. you still have an owner. Yeah. You still have an owner. This isn't the Green Bay Packers. No. You've still got someone right. who owns the team. And Jody Allen – who has been running the franchise since Paul Allen passed, right. she can she can ultimately say to them, make it happen. He wants out. Let's do a trade. Yeah. Let's go. Or or, or tell him to too bad. Or, or, or tell him too bad. He, he's, he's under contract with us. I don't care if he wants out. He can, he can say whatever he wants. He's under contract with us for three more years, and that's the way it's going to be. So uh, there, there's just – it's a weird dynamic now because – the mess has been made. The question is, how do they go about cleaning it up? The battle lines are drawn. The Seahawks aren't happy with him. He's not happy with them. Where does it go from here? He hasn't asked to be traded like Deshaun Watson, but he's taken all this dirty laundry and he's dropped it in front of us to see and inspect and and pick through and understand what's really going on. Yeah. And what's going on is he wants out. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, I think more, more things point to that than – than anything else, I I I I don't have any doubt about that. You're right. I mean, and and I just it, it's it's curious. It really is. I mean, it's crazy. I but I just feel like with Russell Wilson, as smart as he is, you know, he pays attention to football, everything like that. It seems like this was tactical. It just seems that way to a degree, and. I don't know what Seattle is going to do about this situation, but they're in a tough spot now, certainly. And I don't know. They're going to have to talk and figure it out. Things have escalated very it's, quickly. It's like Deshaun, like you and, said about Deshaun Watson, like he might never come out and say, I want to be traded. Right. Cause once you say that publicly and whatever, it gets used against you. I think he's going to play both sides a little bit. Even he did in the interview, he still talked about Seattle, loves playing there, loves the fans, all that. So he's protecting himself. But he's also letting it be known that yeah, he's not happy with the way they play football. There's no doubt. Somebody asked me a very important question yesterday. Did he say go Hawks at the end of the interview? But you know what? I've spoken to him several times on the phone after games, and that's a different setting than, 
than the normal interview. But a few times I've spoken to him in the past couple of years, he has not said go Hawks at the end. So I, I, th- I but that's different than the press conference setting, the formal interview setting. I don't think he said go Hawks when he was sitting with us last year at the Super Bowl either, though. And that's when we first started to see the cracks, when we started to see that let Russ cook desire begin to come out. Well, and, and remember, but remember, when they first embraced the whole let Russ cook thing and it was working, I was told that they did what they had to do because if you don't let Russ cook, he's going to go find himself a different kitchen. And the other line was, you're going to be cooking him a farewell cake. So they let him cook for a while and then they took it away. To get to your point, they took it away quickly. And that may have been the moment where he said, all right, time for a new kitchen. Yeah. it just And then, and then he's just going... It's just, it's too hard. It's, it's, life is made too hard on them, too much. The offense is basic. It's too reliant on him making plays just with his pure ability, you know? And here's the other thing, because you brought up last year, right? And at Super Bowl Radio Row down there in Miami, we brought this up then, or maybe it was the year before. Maybe I'm off by a year. No, it was last year. It, it was. was Miami. Like, we brought up, though, we brought up the offseason before. When he went on Jimmy Fallon and it seemed like there was a question planted of, hey, ask me about my contract situation. Like, that's what it seemed like. We, I kind of had fun with him and asked him about that. And he did a great job of kind of answering it the way he wanted to. That's where I go back to the Dan Patrick thing yesterday and just go, Why, where, where, did that, where did that interview request go down? That's where I'd love to know. And if he wasn't selling anything, too, that means then he was trying to sell this point. And, and he wanted to get this out there and let it be known right now. He was named the Walter Payton Man of the Year. So I don't think part, he was on right. Dan's show last week. And this is kind of spillover from the Super Bowl thing. It's like, hey, we didn't get you on last week. Let's go ahead and try to do it this week. But, but hey, at the end of the day, he's two days removed from sitting at the Super Bowl yes. with his wife on one side, the commissioner on the other. And Dan joked with him at one point about how miserable he looked. And he said, yeah, I am. I don't want to be watching these guys play. I want to be playing in that game. Here he is six years after it was Brady versus Wilson. He's got to sit and watch Brady versus Mahomes. So uh, I could understand why he's frustrated. And, and again, this is all part of what, what is a dramatic shift in the way that quarterbacks behave. Not the way they think, but the way they behave. There had been a fear. There had been a, an, an aversion to saying anything that could get the fan base or the yeah. media stirred up against them. And Russell Wilson was resented by teammates early in his career because he was viewed as a company man. Right. And my, how it has changed. Because now he is causing hey, uh, a chaos. And, and wreaking havoc for the Seattle Seahawks with these things that he said in a very professional way. That That's what's amazing about it. You know, it reminds me of the comments from Patrick Mahomes right after the Super Bowl. And as I said, I think Wilson and Mahomes are two guys who can pull it off. They can say anything. They've got a natural charisma that allows them to use whatever words they want, and it doesn't strike us as, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saying that. And I think when you, the more I watch the things that Wilson said and listen to his words, it really isn't anything that seems out of line or over the top, but the message is unlike anything that we have heard quarterbacks speak about publicly and candidly. No, but I, I think we're going to see this more and more in football altogether. You know, you, you said it. We've talked about it. It's the NBA aspect to a degree. Antonio Brown showed everybody you can force your way out of town. When you're a superstar and you tell them, I'm going to act a fool, and all of a sudden then they go, okay, we got to get you out of here. You do have that option. And I think really what's going to continue to happen more than anything, because the talk is always quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Who have you win? Do you win? How many Super Bowls do you have? Some of these quarterbacks are going to go, I got to start making my own luck. You know, I didn't get drafted by a team that could help me and set me up and build the team and give me what I want. So if I'm going to be judged against these other guys who, you know, were, were fortunate to get what they want and they took advantage of that opportunity, I think you're going to start to see quarterbacks go, damn, I'm going to put myself to give myself an opportunity to. And no matter what it is, and they're going to worry about their legacy, their brand, and everything like that. 
And I think that's the, the, the road we're going down right now, especially at the quarterback position, because that's all it's about. It's all guys are being judged by. And this is a, a unique kind of a bookend for Tom Brady because he was criticized for never pushing to get every last dollar that he deserved. And that helped keep the quarterback market down. Because if you've got one guy who's saying, I want X, that sets the ceiling and the others fall in behind it. The lower the ceiling, the harder it is to get paid. So that hurt other quarterbacks. And I remember when Kirk Cousins was making the argument as he was moving toward free agency in Washington, he felt like it was his obligation to make as much as possible to help other quarterbacks. Yeah. That's a hell of a way to justify, I'm going to go grab every dollar I can. But now, what Tom Brady did this year, that has emboldened quarterbacks in a different way. This isn't about money now. This is about, I want to go to the place where I think I'm going to win, and I'm inspired by what Tom Brady did, and I'm sick of this. That old... That old fart is still winning Super Bowls. I'm 32. I'm in my prime. Right. He yeah, he's going, shot. I'm better he than him. I want to, right. Yeah, I'm better than Tom right. Brady, right. right? Why don't I go to Tampa? Where's my Tampa? Which team is my equivalent of Tampa? And how can I get there? And I can't fault Russell Wilson for feeling that no, way. No, I can't either. It's the way these guys are being judged right now. It, it, and it's not, it's not fair to some of them. So that's where I get it. You know, it's, it is. It's the LeBron James factor. Well, you're not Michael Jordan. You're not Michael Jordan. You're not Michael Jordan. Well, okay, look at this damn team in Cleveland his first Where's eight Scottie years Where's Scottie Pippen? Yeah, right. His first, And we can't even name guys on his team he was going to the NBA Finals with back in 2007-8. I can't even remember. I'm a huge basketball fan. That's how average they were. So he went, I got to make my own luck. And, and that's what I think we're going to continue to see. Hey, Marty Schottenheimer yesterday is a great example, too, of how we're being judged a little bit. The guy was one of the all-time winners at the position. His obituary in the Washington Post started off with his playoff losses. Didn't even talk about all the great things. It started off with playoff failure. Like, that, that's where it started. So that's the world we're in right now. And I think guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson are very aware of it. And that's why, I, you know, to what you're saying, Mike, they're going to start making their own moves, their own destiny, their own luck. Shereen Williams made an excellent point yesterday on PFTPM, and I want to dust it off, and I want to I want to run this by you. Cool. She 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 said that right now in the NFL, there are not many situations where the quarterback is 100% committed to the team, and the team is 100% committed to the quarterback. And she's right. Here's my list. Yeah based upon our conversation from last night, and I thought about it some yeah, more today. Cool. Like Obviously, it. the Chiefs. Right. Obviously, the Chiefs and the Bucks. Yeah. Chiefs and the Bucks. Even though Tom Brady's 43, they're co completely totally committed to him in, in Tampa. For a year or two. And he's right. completely, right, completely right. committed to them. So, Chiefs, Bucks. Yep. Bills, Josh Allen, right. obviously. Yep. Ravens, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Bengals, Joe Burrow, even with that injury, they, they saw enough. Yes. They're all in with Joe Burrow. Agreed. Chargers and Justin Herbert, all in. That's that's six. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is are they are they all in I for multiple years? I Let's think say so. yeah. yeah. Shireen Shireen equivocated a little bit because she doesn't like him because he transferred away from Texas A&M. <laughs> eat it, A&M. Oh, list. you she eat looks, it. She looks for any reason she <laughs> I can. It. I love it. To diss Kyler Murray just because of that. Just because of that. That's how loyal she is to the Aggies. Um. The, the other one that, that we were kind of on the fence about, and this is another A&M guy. Tannehill. is Ryan Tannehill. Right, Ryan right. Tannehill on the Titans. I would right? say so. For two years more, I think they're pretty damn committed on both sides. I, I, I think. Okay, what about Aaron Rodgers? You can't say it for Aaron Rodgers if you go two years no, out. Can no. you say that they're really committed for two more years? I, not, not 100%. It doesn't, no, you're right. I, I cannot. I cannot, and I don't know how he feels about that either. But, you know, obviously we know he's not, like, thrilled with the organization. And there's got to be something on his radar where he's looking. But I think, really, you pretty much hit it right there. Maybe the Rams with Stafford. 25% of the league. All right. Maybe Two Rams, years? Maybe, like, maybe, yeah. yeah, it's close. But just because of the current circumstances, what they traded to get him, I would think he's got two years for sure. So, but but it's not really the point of what we're talking about, franchise guys who are at a spot right. and they really committed at right now. Well, 
And I think you hit the and right And this one. is more this is more Stafford Stafford is the next chapter. St- I mean yeah, right. Stafford is the result He's of the what re- happens when you're not committed. Yeah, right. That's I'm talking about right. existing settled right. quarterback situations from last year that are going to carry into this year and one more year, right? C- clear connection with two years left, Chris, I think it's 25% of the league. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Only eight teams are fully committed for two more years, and the quarterback is fully committed and all in for two more years. That's it. it it's amazing. And, I, I, again, Mike, I think it's going to go down something we've had a lot of discussions about it the last year. The teams are going to start to realize that, yeah, there's six or seven that are really special, and we don't let them leave town. The rest, huh? We can win with, yeah, it might not be apples to apples each guy, but there's enough talented guys in the league right now to go, oh, okay, I could get him and play this way and win. Oh, I can get that guy and we'd have to play this way and win. And I think it's, I think it's, and honestly, I'm, I'm actually rooting for it. I, I'm hoping it's going to devalue the position a little bit. You know, I, I am. I'm not, I mean, it's not about like, I just think more of the wealth needs to be spread around and we don't need to have average quarterbacks making $40 million a year. You know, that, that, that's an amazing unintended consequence of this effort by quarterbacks to flex their muscles. The end result is, and, and look, we, we've been saying it, it needs to evolve into a system of tiers. The top tier guys make a certain amount of money. The middle tier guys make a certain amount. And this idea, and I think one of the reasons why it happened, and, and, and the list went Andrew Luck, Derek Carr, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, it was like one after another after yeah, another, right. besting the other because the market at the position was held down for, for several so years. Long, there was right. a stretch there from 2013 with the Joe Flacco contract and Aaron Rodgers got something in that ballpark and Russell Wilson got involved there too. But there was a period of time, four or five years, where no one was really busting that curve. No. And so that was part of the correction. But now I think we're at a point where You've got your five guys who are clearly above and beyond the others. I think so. You've got ten guys after that, and then you've got everybody else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it look it's changing in a lot of ways, and I know that there's some old school football types that don't like it. Well, you don't have to like it, but you better get ready for it, and you the better adapt is. your way of thinking to it because that's where the game is going, and uh, quarterbacks are are starting to realize that they've got power. And with Russell Wilson's comments from the other day, with Deshaun Watson's trade demand and everything else that's going on, all sparked by Tom Brady packing up and leaving New England last year, these quarterbacks are ready to think about what else is out there. That's all right. right. We're gonna we're gonna do a draft later. Okay. Of the quarterback movement we'd like to see this year. We already did it with Deshaun Watson. We're gonna broaden it out. Any and all quarterbacks. Where would all like quarterbacks? To see them end up anything? For we're, yeah. Anyone? Not even anyone re- you want to okay. mention? Okay. All right. All right. No, you, no you reality can, can involved. Go. We can just say Tom Brady back to New England. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, within within some sort of reason I as to you. the hot spots I'm that are out there. Uh, we'll do that later in the program. We got plenty more PFT live to come. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez the hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Some news that emerged on 
Wednesday, Jamie Roots, longtime president of the Houston Texans, has resigned. Now, look, I was told that he wanted to walk out after they went off the board to hire Nick Casario. Roots was heavily involved in the GM search committee. They set the table with five candidates, Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, get together and go to New England to fetch Nick Casario, who wasn't one of the five finalists. That's when Roots wanted to walk. That's my understanding. And they talked him into sticking around because amazingly, they recognize to some extent how they're being perceived around the sports world. So they didn't want Roots to walk out the door in the middle of January and have a higher level of dysfunction emerge. But now Roots resigns uh, the latest departure and the latest piece of evidence that Jack Easterby is just taking the place oh, over. Oh, taking Chris. over. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, that's that's all it says. I mean, it, it really is. There's nothing more to that. I mean, you kind of just laid it out perfectly right there. You got people there who were falling by the wayside because they're going, wait, this is how we're running things now? Like, we're going to do it like this? Okay, uh, abandon ship, abort mission. I'm out of here. I'm not going to be a part of it. You know, obviously. I mean, we, we've seen too many moves here so far. So, uh, yeah, Easterby won that civil war, and he is in control of the Houston Texans right now. So he won everything like on his level and below in the football operations, and now he's forced out the one guy who was potentially between him, him and Cal right? McNair. Yeah. And I, I, is it just a matter of time before Jack Easterby has made the president of the team? And listen, listen, president is so much better than executive VP of football operations. Number one, it's clearly a better title, but number two, at that point, you're out of football you're less, operations. You're right. You're less accountable. At that, at, the, at, the, at that point, I mean, Jamie Roots has been there 20 years. Yeah. This isn't like it's been a juggernaut team, but you're not accountable when you're in that job. The only thing you're accountable to is making money. Guess what? NFL teams make money. You, It's like Brewster's Millions. You have to try to not make money in the NFL, and even then, you still make money. <laughs> so under that standard, you got that job for life. Yeah. So, yeah, it won't surprise me if Easterby ascends to that title and has full and complete insulation from whatever mess they end up putting on the field this year and beyond. Yeah, it, I mean, it seems like it's going that way, certainly. I mean, really, I think we knew it was going that way, and you just brought it up, but when Nick Nick Casario just came out of left field, out of nowhere, that's when you went, whoa. I mean, we hadn't heard his name. I think we heard other names and rumors through the NFL with people we trust and all that. And all of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, and you just went, well, that's got to be Easterby. That's got to be. And, you know, that that's everything we've seen since that moment uh, points to that. And, obviously, he has the ear of the owner, Cal McNair. And we'll see. I don't know. It's very odd, and I just I just still think it's a long shot that they can figure out how to salvage this situation with Deshaun Watson. As MDS suggested on Twitter yesterday, he's our managing editor PFT. Eventually, the front office in Houston will be a two-man operation with Jack Easterby doing stand-up comedy for Cal McNair. And, hey, I mean, look, that's the thing. You've got an audience of one. It's Cal McNair. As long as Cal McNair likes you, you're the executive VP of football operations. And if he likes you enough, you're the new president of the team. And what's going to happen? What can anyone do? I short of a, a flat out boycott of the Texans by the fans. I, there's no, there's no real accountability. Like Jed York said several years ago, you can't fire the owner. No. And Cal McNair can do whatever he wants. Now here's where it becomes relevant directly to the football team. Because somebody's got to make a final decision about Deshaun Watson. The Texans are putting out privately this notion that they still think they can fix it with Watson. Yeah. Even though Watson continues to refuse to speak with new GM Nick Casario or new coach David Culley. Right. And at some point, you got to realize you're not going to win this with charm. You're not going to win this with patience. You're not going to win this with stubbornness. And your best move for the franchise is to get what you can and move on. My question is, will Easter be advocate and will Cal McNair accept an approach that consists of the team saying, too bad, play for us or play for no one. You want to sit out and pay us back $5.4 million in signing bonus money applicable to this year? Do it. You want to give up your salary for this year? Do it. You want to toll your contract for a full year? Do it. We're not going to give yeah. in. We're not going to give you up. Even if it is against our interest to do it, 
we can't have the Wait inmates running the, the asylum. The inmates running the prison. Oh, right. geez, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, damn it. Well, the inmates do run but, the asylum, so they better get used to it. All right, they're they're in control here, and this inmate. But would it shock you? No. Would it shock you if this organization, given everything we've seen over the past few months, decides to say we're not giving in? And you can sit out, and we'll take the heat, and we don't care. No, yeah, it would not shock me. I mean, you know, that would be the stupidest approach, and that seems to be the approach they've been going for more times than not in Houston. So that would make that would make sense. They better be careful. They better be careful in this situation. Players got their eyes on the Houston Texans. No one really likes the organization. Deshaun Watson is getting word from his teammates. They're going, get out. We understand. Do what you got to do. He's got the support of the players. Okay? They better watch out. They're being viewed as a very unfriendly player organization. And if they botch this with Deshaun Watson and do all this and all that and and make these issues – they're they're gonna hit it one year where they're gonna have a, a oh we're gonna draft a quarterback and the quarterback's gonna go up well, no we I don't want to go there you guys are weird I'm sorry so they better watch out and handle this situation very delicately with Deshaun Watson or it's really gonna make you know franchise quarterbacks and that type be very reluctant to want to go down there or any superstar for the most part you're gonna be relegated to draft picks and players no one else pretty wants. much. Or, or you're going to have to pay more. You're going to have to pay a premium to get those players to come to town. Exactly that's right. What, that's that's going to be your team. That's going to be it. No, exactly right. I think between, you know, yes, the, you know, the inmates in the asylum, some of the things we've heard Dwayne Brown go through. We know DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in love with the organization either. It was far bigger than Billy O'Brien. There was more issues than that. And then, of course, this whole year of disaster and all that. What player? Man, when when JJ Watts talking about your organization being a little weird, that that's Captain America. Captain America never says anything bad about America, okay? So, when he's talking about, you know, his America and the Houston Texans, you know there's issues. You know it. And there's a lot of issues and I think you explained it right. That's what they're going to be relegated to. Yeah, Watt fired off a tweet last week praising an equipment manager who was fired, Mike Parson, along with other moves that were right. made last week as Jack Easterby gains more and more and more influence and authority over the team. It, it really is amazing to me, and I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a beer with Cal McNair and ask him, what's really going I mean, like, why, like I, at a certain point, don't you just cash out? At, at a certain point, isn't it just too much of a headache to be in the middle of this? I, I wonder how aware he is of the criticism and the scrutiny. Is he watching any of the shows that are blatantly and aggressively criticizing his organization? Is he reading any of the stuff online? Is he looking at social media? I'd love to know how insulated he is from reality, because if you're not insulated from it, at some point you got to say, is it really worth it? There's surely people out there who would plunk down a huge pile of money and free him of this 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 quicksand that he can't seem to get out of. Yeah, but you know how that works. You bring it up all the time. I think you always do a great job. I mean, these these are billionaires. You, you're not allowed to tell them what to do. That's not going to happen. So as much as these are the type of people that when people like you and me and media and everybody else tells them how bad they are and they should sell, 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 they buckle down and go, I'm never wrong. I'm a billionaire and I'm staying here. And that's just the mind frame of a lot of these guys. So I don't think that he cares. He, it's going to have to be on his own accord in his own terms before he decides to, to make a move like that. Well, it's safe to say that Cal McNair won't be joining Jerry Jones in shopping for wine and gas stations in Prosper, Texas, because it makes it hard to stay insulated from the fan base <laughs> if you're actually standing at the counter holding a couple of bottles of of wine, waiting to you know to pay for them and get back into your Subaru. So uh, uh, it's just it's just it's crazy. Uh, and and Easterby, as much as he gets criticized and he gets questioned and he gets scrutinized. 
McNair has a gigantic blind spot, and I think that's part of the stubbornness. The more that people are saying to him, what are you doing with this guy running your team, the more determined he is to make it work. Yeah, I, I, it seems that way. Um, but, man, it's just one weird story after another out of there. It really is. And uh, I, I just, at some point, I, I would think they got to just go, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to dis- trade Deshaun Watson. What are we going to do? And how are we going to start to fix, you know, the, the inner workings or the, the, the lifeblood of our organization here to where we are perceived and look a little bit different to the media and the world. And right now, it just seems like they're still going down in this downhill path of disaster. Well, uh, look, Texans fans deserve better. Football fans deserve better. And, and p- people have asked me, What's your deal with Jack Easterby? Why don't you like him? Why do you have this agenda against him? Look, I don't like the fact that somebody has a prominent job with an NFL franchise who is not qualified and fit for that job. There are too many people in the industry who are qualified for that job more, dramatically more, than Jack Easterby. It's a disservice to them. It's a disservice to the game to have one of the 32 teams in a position where they're being run by somebody who has no business being there. That's what bothers me. And that is my opinion as crafted by everything I've researched, everything I've seen, everything I've heard. This guy has no business running a team. Chris, this just shows you how low the bar is. You and I are both more qualified to be the executive VP of football operations of the Texans. And we aren't qualified to do it, but we're more qualified than him to be in that job, that tells you how unqualified he is. Well, I, I mean, again, I, I'd like to think that's true. I don't know either way. I'm not going to go down that road, but what, either way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you in the fact that just about everything you said there is correct, let alone, you know, you and I just know people all throughout the NFL. I mean, this is a real question in the league. These are people that are questioning this too because – they're not sure of his qualifications as well. This is a real thing. This is not like Mike Florio decided to pick on some guy and now going to like attack him. No, this is like deserves to be questioned. And people who have been involved in the sport for their whole life are going, this is weird. What the hell's going on there? So it's a very real thing within the NFL. It's not you attacking anything. Hey, this is a guy who is all style and no substance. And that's what you get when you bring in a guy who's all style, and his style is polarizing, to say the least, and no substance, you have bad decisions, you have bad outcomes, you have bad things happen, and you have people who lack the self-awareness, the intelligence, the ability, the substance to run a football operation the way that it needs to be run. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. Our draft of quarterbacks we would like to see move and where we would like to see them go We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. And there's Devin White on a horse with a trophy, taking a victory lap at Raymond James Stadium. I don't know who's going to clean up after that horse because there's going to be some stuff on the field. It's going to help the grass grow maybe, but uh, there he is. There he is. Man, look at that. There's the pirate ship. You've got the ship, you've got the horse, you've got the trophy, you've got everything. Well, you know, seeing that shot gives you an appreciation of the kind of arm you need to put a football in that cannon porthole, Chris. Well, I know. Hey, when you got a special left arm like me, it's no problem. Don't you worry. But I'm more. Can we put that picture up one more time there, Nicole, just for a second? I mean, who's got bigger legs, the horse or Devin White? That's where you know that's what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Are you kidding me with that damn leg? Are you kidding me? If you. If anybody wants to know why he was flying around killing everybody on Kansas City Sunday, look at that. His damn arm and leg is just, it's unreal. Yes, he's a special, special football player. One of the best defensive players in in, in the league. The horse is thinking, will someone please get this horse off of me? (laughs) Right, right. Damn, this guy's (laughs) strong. Look at the size. (laughs) I know. He's huge. He is. Oh, all right. That's a great story, though. Okay, so. Quarterback moves we'd like to see. Chris, you get the first pick. Oh, thank you very much. This is nice. Okay. I mean, again, this isn't the most realistic thing in the world, but, man, when we're going to have a draft like this, I'm going to have some fun. I mean, what? I want to see Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers. That's what I want to see. I mean, is that a realistic enough one to go with here? I mean, there's enough rumors there, right? I mean, I think so. But 
How could Chris Sims lose with that situation right there? My favorite quarterback with my favorite coach on a really good team. Rodgers goes back to the Bay Area, you know, and gets to be a part of that and that offense. Oh, my gosh, would I love it. I'd be wearing an Aaron Rodgers 49ers jersey every Thursday on the show if that was the case. Uh, that, you know, you you already are hard to deal with. Good Lord, it would be 100 <laughs> times worse if Aaron Rodgers – we're playing for the San Francisco 49ers, but uh, hey, maybe next year. Maybe that's maybe, maybe they do a Band-Aid with someone for a year and they get in position for Rodgers next year. It's pretty clear that the Packers yeah. and Rodgers are connected for one year, but not for two. Next year, it could be very different. I I'm going to go with the guy that we spent a lot of time talking about earlier in the hour, Russell Wilson, to America's team, Ooh. Dallas Cowboys. Right now, I have no idea what it would take for the Cowboys to get him. I don't know where Dak Prescott would end up. Surely he wouldn't also be on the Cowboys. But what a solution that would be to this never-ending problem. And, and look at it. Russell Wilson's contract averages $35 million per year. They got to pay Dak Prescott $37 million this year just to keep him with no commitment beyond this year. A 44% raise to tag him again in 2022. And, and, as, and look. This Russell Wilson thing is not new. It's it's finally hitting in a big way, but it's been lingering for a while. And the one team that I keep hearing about when Russell Wilson's name comes up and the possibility of leaving Seattle is the Cowboys, Chris. Well, yeah, I, I hear you there. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Russell Russell Wilson to the Giants a few years ago. I think that was a real thing when we kind of heard that and, you know, all those rumors. I, so... Again, I don't think it's crazy. I hear you there, and I might pick Russell to another team here a little later on in the draft. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Deshaun Watson. I don't know what team to pick here. I'm I'm stuck in between. But for the for the for the sake of fun, all right, I'll go with the Patriots. I'd love to see Deshaun Watson go up to the Patriots. All right, do that. That would be a lot of fun. He has knowledge of that offense. Except this would be even more diverse, and he would have to learn more of it. But, man, a guy like him, a year after Brady went to the Bucks and won the Super Bowl, now the Patriots make this type of move to get this type of quarterback. And, of course, we know they need some weapons around them to help them, but they got a lot of money to spend. It's hard. That, that, that one jumps out to me. Uh, it does, and, and I think it would be fun. Watson becomes a potential magnet for free agents. He does. And we know that the Patriots have plenty of cap space. Right. And, 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 you know, you could have that Tom Brady dynamic in New England where other guys want to go join Deshaun Watson and they're not going to sweat the idea that, you know, it's no fun playing for Bill Belichick. We want to be with Deshaun. We want to build something special. We want to chase championships. Okay, so assuming that the Texans are smart enough to move on from Deshaun Watson, they'll need a quarterback. I'd love to see Derek Carr to the Houston Texans for a variety of reasons, one of which is David Carr was the first quarterback in franchise history. And the Texans are kind of dysfunctional right now, so I'd kind of like to see how Carr would exist in that environment. And the whole separation from the Raiders would be newsworthy. Now, apparently they've gotten calls. According to David Carr, the Raiders have gotten calls about Derek Carr and the Raiders have resisted. But, you know, I, there, there, there may be something there. And wouldn't it be great if the Texans decide they're going to backfill their quarterback position by getting Derek Carr. Oh, it really, it really would be. I mean, it would be cool. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think, um, you know, he's got, he's a Texan. First off, the fans would, you know, latch onto that and be around that. Certainly, there's no doubt. And we know, hey, the Raiders, Gruden. He's always, he's always flirting. He's always looking for somebody else. I will say, because I mean, I know, I know. What was it? What did I read yesterday? But David Carr, right, said that you know they've got the the Raiders have gotten calls on Derek there and right. everything like I that. Just said that, yeah, I just said that. You weren't listening. Sorry, to me. you were too busy trying to figure out your next. You're pick. right. I'm sorry, but I had a point I was going to make anyways. Either ways, just go. I I just can't imagine the Raiders letting him go at this point. I mean, maybe if something came about, but man, Gruden's finally got his robot wired to run his offense. I would think he'd be a little reluctant to trade him. Not that I don't think your thing's a great idea, and sorry I repeated that. You were I, right. Let, let me say this. Yeah. Let me say this, though. I've heard from a source that I trust that the Raiders are not going to trade him, but I've yet to report it at PFT because I still think, even under those circumstances, you can't rule out John Gruden catching a wild hair. 
I I totally agree with you there. I, I mean, you're right. You can't right. rule. You can't rule that out. I think my last one. I'm gonna go Russell Wilson to the Colts. Okay, I didn't get to. I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh. use him one. Yeah, I know. But they're ready. You know, again, Tampa wasn't looked at as this place of like, oh, I want to go live there. It's this shining beacon. But now it looks pretty damn cool, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, boat parades. So, okay, I know Sierra and Russell Wilson. It might not be like Indianapolis type of people, but damn, that offense, some of the weapons they got there, that O-line, Frank Reich's creativity, I think that could put them right in the Super Bowl conversation. I'm torn between Kirk Cousins to the 49ers hey, I got and Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots. <laughs> I, think, I think Kirk Cousins to the 49ers is far more realistic than Aaron Rodgers, and the Vikings are in a tough spot here. And Cousins last week, with a smile on his face, he made it clear to us during PFTPM he's not signing an extension with the Vikings. He's going he's gonna to let – I'm going to go Cousins to the 49ers, Pete. He's going to let – this play out, and he's going to have tremendous leverage. In two years, he's going to be back on the open market. And if the Vikings don't trade him, a $35 million fully guaranteed salary for 2022 vests on March 19. I, now, the problem is, who do the Vikings put yeah, in? Yeah, what are you going to do? Place? I think you'd have to bring home Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I think that's your only alternative. What? No, I, I, that was Pete that you went, like that. oh, I, that wasn't me. That should have, oh. Yeah. I, maybe I should have said Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings. That's the other half of it. Kirk Cousins to the 49ers, Teddy Bridgewater to the Vikings. That's how that would play out. All right, yeah. that's our draft. Let's Good. take a break. we got to wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. The Buccaneers parade is something that we will always remember. Sean Murphy Bunning tweets, got hit in the head with a Bud Light. Did it hurt? Yeah. Am I okay? Hopefully. Let's go. So Concussion uh, protocol. Time for the Buccaneers. Another one got popped in the ear with a champagne shower, too. Ear is on fire, but I'm still going. Sean Murphy Bunning, more contact absorbed by him during the parade than during the game. And, oh, my goodness, Leonard Fournette went there. It's so, so hot funny. out here. The sun's got me seeing things. I thought JPP had all his fingers just now. <laughs> that is, is amazing. That, listen, there, there have been times this year where I've been inclined to make some sort of a smart aleck joke about JPP. You know, he almost had an interception. Oh, if he had all his fingers, he'd have caught that ball. But I didn't think that would be appropriate. But if it's amazing. fair game, yes. maybe it's fair game. And there it is. We're going off the air with Weekend at Bernie's 4. How many Weekend at Bernie's did they make? I know there was at least a two. I guess this is Weekend at Bernie's 7. I mean, Tom I guess. Brady. I stopped after one. There's only one for what and I'm concerned they, with. Hey, that was Ryan Griffin. They finally found something for Ryan Griffin to do this year. That's what he was. Carry Tom Brady Hold to Tom the car. Brady. <laughs> That's awesome. It. See you tomorrow. See you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.